You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar, and today we are talking to Ruben Swartz, who's the founder of a company called Memoran. And in today's conversation, we dive into the topic of how to generate more leads from your consulting website. Chances are, if you've got a website, which I hope you do, it's underperforming in that it's not doing the job it should be doing, which is generating leads for your services. So Ruben and I get into how you can generate more leads from your consulting website, specifically by creating a lead magnet and offering that on your website. A lead magnet is a piece of content that you can offer in exchange for someone's contact information. And we talk about what kind of lead magnets typically work best for a consulting practice and how you can create a lead magnet quickly and efficiently and put it up on your website for offer. Show notes are going to be at forecast.fm slash Ruben. That's forecast.fm slash R-E-U-B-E-N. Before I let you go, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional service firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, I will show you a step-by-step plan that you can use to generate a flood of new business for your firm. It's 100% free of charge, and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Here's Ruben. Ruben, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So why don't you get us started by telling us the story of how you got into consulting to begin with? Well, uh, I was one of those technology guys who literally had sandals and shorts and t-shirts and strolled into the office around 11 o'clock. And I didn't understand why these people wore dress shoes and dress pants and dress shirts and got on airplanes and talked to customers. That just sounded awful. Um, and then somehow I would get pulled in when the discussions got really deep into the technology. And after doing this for a little while, I realized that as much as I like to think that the software was really where all the hard stuff happened, the software was relatively easy, as complicated as it was. The really hard stuff was helping the people achieve what they wanted to achieve, especially when different people might have slightly different goals, even within the same organization. And I thought, so much of the trouble that I had as a developer was related to a mismatch between what people were trying to do and what the software could do. Not necessarily that one was better than the other, but just there was sort of this game of corporate telephone going on. And so by the time it got back to me, I was spending a ton of time implementing things that maybe weren't the best solution for people. And I thought, gosh, you know, once I've actually visited some customers and understand what they need to do, if I can combine understanding what they're trying to do with the knowledge of technology, I can put these things together and everyone can be much happier. That was at least the the vision. And so, so you were a developer at a company then, like you were employed at a company as a developer? That's right. And then I left to start my own consulting company thinking I can put together the strategy and the business process and the technology so that instead of having, say, a management consulting firm hand a slide deck to somebody and then have a committee create a bunch of requirements and then have you know a year-long RFP process and then a two-year-long implementation, this was big corporate software. It all took a long time. And at the end of it, everyone had been reorged around so many times you forgot why you were doing this in the first place. What if you could kind of bring all that stuff together holistically? So what was it like going from in-house developer, um, by the way, 
walking into the office at 11 o'clock wearing shorts and flip-flops. I'm not <laughs> sure why you would ever want to leave that life, but <laughs> you did anyways. What was it like to go from that to uh, you know being an independent consultant, having to drum up your own business, service clients? What was that transition like? Well, I like the servicing clients part, right? That was what I was good at. It was kind of like just the e-myth once uh, all over again, right? I could bake pies, so I thought it'd be great to open a bakery. Uh, and I was terrible at all the stuff that wasn't about the actual baking of the pies. So drumming up the business uh, was, I think, my biggest problem, and it's usually the biggest problem. I had was lucky enough to have great word of mouth, and so I was one of those people who said, all of my business comes from referrals. And at the time, I was really proud of that because I thought of sales and marketing as still being somewhat dirty, even though I was a sales and marketing consultant. So none of that really makes sense when I look back on it. But the mindset I had at the time, that was how I looked at it. And I didn't realize that I was missing out on the vast majority of the potential market. So how did you overcome that when you first went out on your own and you realized that sales and marketing was a bit of a challenge and <laughs> certainly harder than you thought it would be? What did you do to get over that hump? Well, I don't know if I did it very well, first of all. Uh, I think I'm a, a poster child for what not to do. And like I said, all of my business ended up coming from word of mouth. Uh, I didn't really have an effective sales and marketing engine. I tried a whole bunch of different things, uh, half-heartedly and, and poorly. Uh, and so I, I kept coming back to, well, word of mouth works. Let's do that. This other stuff doesn't work. And it took me a long time to figure out why some of that didn't work, especially when it came to various types of web marketing. And every year we'd refresh our website and say, well, now we're going to get more leads and whatever. And it never really worked out that way. And it wasn't until I started helping my clients with some of that stuff. It's kind of like the end of uh, the usual suspects or whatever, where the, everything goes in slow-mo and, and all the pieces come, in to get, come into focus. And it should have been obvious to me at the time, but it wasn't that I was doing all the wrong things to, to drum up business, especially online. And so what were those realizations or those, those light bulb moments that went off when you started working with clients? Well, you know, I had, uh, I was helping folks with the very end of their sales process, the proposals, and they were saying, hey, this is great. Proposals are no longer the bottleneck of my business. Uh, I'd like to send a whole lot more of them. What should I be doing to get more leads? You're a pretty smart web guy. Not that I really am, but, you know, for some people, it's like, oh, you're a computer guy. You must know a lot about the web, right? And I, I guess in some senses, in the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So uh, yeah, I started looking at their websites and it, that was exactly when it happened. I was like, these consulting websites are exactly like my consulting website was back in the day. There's a whole bunch of stuff that was there to try to prove how smart we were and how innovative and how cool our methodology was. I mean, we actually used the word methodology. I think we had a whole page about it. Um, and then we would have forms where people could fill in their first name, last name, title, uh, company, phone number, blood type, whatever, if they wanted to contact us. And then we also had some, hey, grab this PDF. It's so brilliant. You're going to love it and you're going to call us. Uh, and so, so many consultants sort of have a website like this where they're trying to look like a giant consulting company and they've got some really unfriendly forms for people to fill out to get a phone call or they've got some anonymous PDF downloads that someone can grab. Uh, but they don't have a great way of converting a visitor into a lead. So walk us through some of the changes that you made, presumably to your clients' websites as well as your own. 
Sure. Well, one of the big realizations I had was that there was a time when a website was just a thing. It was like a shingle, like, look, you're a real business. You have a website. Holy cow. Not everyone does. Now everyone has a website. It's moved beyond uh, a shingle to prove that you exist. And for most consultants, the website really has one job, and that's to get leads. The only exception I can think of is if you're also trying to recruit people, you might be trying to get leads for for actual employees or, or subcontractors. But that's really the job of the website. And once you think of it that way, everything gets much more clear. So all that stuff about uh, you know paragraphs and paragraphs of text about how cool we were or how my, some of my customers had some of the same stuff on there, none of that's helpful if people don't wanna read it. They don't wanna read that stuff online. What do they wanna do they want some information about a problem, right? They are not there to just be in awe of your genius and expertise. So what can you do to help them solve a problem that they have and make their life better? If you think of the website that way, things get a lot more, uh, they, they get a lot more clear in terms of what are we actually trying to do? So let, let's jump in from there into the topic of lead magnets, which is where we wanna kind of focus today. You recommend that folks offer some kind of a lead magnet as a call to action on their websites. How does that work? Sure, and so for folks who don't know what a quote unquote lead magnet is, it's something that attracts a lead to you. So you've got a visitor on your website and you don't know who they are. And for most of us on our consulting websites, that person's gonna hit a page. If you're lucky, they go to a couple other pages and then they leave and they never come back. And so we want a way to almost decloak them from a visitor to a lead. And the, the difference there is when they're a lead, I at least have an email address or some other contact information so that I can market to them or discuss things with them directly. Uh, so the lead magnet, it says, well, if I just put a box up there and so many people do this, enter your email address to get on our newsletter. Well, I mean, that's kind of a poor lead magnet in many cases because it may not be super attractive to people. The more powerful the magnet is, the more likely someone is to enter their contact info and say, yes, gosh, I'd love to get that lead magnet. I'd love to get that information. Now, I mean, this may, may be kind of obvious, but I just want to make sure this is really clear. Explain to folks why having a lead magnet, all things considered, even if it's not a very good lead magnet, but, but it, you know, a relatively decent lead magnet, is going to convert better on your website than if you had, say, a contact form. Sure, and I mean, in some senses, a contact form is a lead magnet for a very specific type of visitor, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have a contact us page or a button on, on your website, but that's someone who's like already there, probably a referral, somebody who has some reason to not only know that they have the problem that you solve, but know who you are and they want to work with you. Most people coming to your website are not in that stage. So if you're only targeting those people, you're missing out on 99 plus percent of the opportunities from visitors coming to your website. So these are folks who are a little bit higher up in the funnel who are maybe exploring the problem space that you're dealing with, or maybe they understand they have a problem, but they need to understand certain characteristics of what a potential solution might look like. Um, so they're looking for information. They're not just looking for a callback. Yeah, I think the best way to think about this is if you look at the buyer's journey, you know, roughly you get three stages, awareness, consideration, decision. If you just have a contact forum that's a direct, hey, let's talk, let's 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 solve your problem, you're only going to get people in the you know late consideration decision stage of the process. You're losing all those people in the awareness stage. And the problem is 
that not only are you losing them, but you're likely not even aware of how much you're losing because those folks may have been engaged in a more uh, in a more meaningful way earlier in their journey by another firm. And then when right. it comes to decision time, well, they're not going to pick the firm that hasn't offered value. They're going to pick the firm that's been educating them up until that point. Absolutely. So with that said, how do you tackle this top, this this idea of a lead magnet? Like wh- where do you begin to come up with what the idea is going to be, what you're going to cover, what format you use? How do you tackle all of that? Sure. Great question. And I think like a lot of folks, I went through way too much angst over this. It doesn't have to be super complicated. It doesn't have to be an ebook. It doesn't have to be a professionally produced half hour educational video like you'd expect to find on a NASA website. I like to start with what do your customers come to you for and what do you do for them? And in fact, when I do this for for some of my customers, I'll actually go talk to their customers. If some of these folks have no no pre-existing content. They have no idea and no time. So like, okay, fine. I will just go talk to your customers and find out what you do for them because it's going to be different than what you say it is. And so if you're stuck, that's the starting point. What do your customers say you do? What problems did they have? What are, what are the words they use? And why did they turn to you? And what do they think about that? Um, if you'd like, uh, we can put a link in the show notes. I've got a list of uh, 22 consulting lead magnet concepts just to kind of get your, your brain started. But really think about what do I do for people and what's different about my approach if there's a unique twist to it. Um, for example, you're a marketing consultant. Uh, for consultants. And so you might have something like why marketing for consulting is different or how to uh, do marketing consulting for your consulting business without sacrificing billable hours or something like that. Something that's going to speak to not only the problem that people have, but maybe one of the obstacles they face when they try to solve it. Yeah, my advice is usually pick pick the one topic that's top of mind for your buyer with regards to what you do, right? So you solve a particular business problem. Uh, Depending on who your buyer is, they're going to see that problem in different lights. So you want to pick something that's top of mind, gets their attention, it's something they're struggling with, and you want to make that your lead in. And you don't need to say everything in your lead magnet. I I want to get into this with you as well. I don't think you need to say everything in your lead magnet. You need to say enough to kind of whet their appetite. This is likely the first kind of interaction they're having with you and make them curious to want to learn more. But but what's your take on that? How much should you try to convey in a lead magnet? My notion is if you don't have a lead magnet out there right now, just start with something really simple because whatever you put out there is going to be better than nothing. I think so many people kind of have this on the back burner and they never actually get it out there because having something viable that's not perfect is just seems unacceptable to them. And I think your notion is exactly right. You want you don't want it to cast you in a bad light and be unprofessional and full of you know, spelling errors and whatnot. But as long as it's useful, if it adds value to people in that target market that you've got, that's good enough. You don't, you're not trying to actually solve your whole consulting practice in one free lead magnet. Just get something out there. And I think the other nice thing is People might have multiple ideas of what they want to do. Start with one. Get one thing on your website. And then you can always go and you can split up the calls to action. So, for example, on different pages, you could have a link to the same lead magnet, but with a slightly different call to action that's more aligned with what you have on that page. It's one of the nice things about the web. You know if someone's on a certain page, they're likely to have certain interests. And then later, as you go forward, you can create 
more than one lead magnet to attract slightly different buyers, people on slightly different pages. Uh, you can always make things more complicated, but you don't have to necessarily go in and set up a whole massively complex funnel at the beginning. Just get one thing out there that's going to be helpful for your audience. Yeah. And remember, they don't have a lot of time either, right? So not only would it take you a long time to, you know, build a 15, 20 page white paper or some really dense lead magnet, they likely don't have the time to read it. And I mean, how many of us have ebooks, you know, sitting on our desktop or, you know, just like gathering dust in our inbox that we downloaded because the topic was interesting, but who's got the time to consume all that content? Very few people. So the shorter and sweeter it is, not only is it easier for you to produce, it's easier for them to consume. And that's, I think, a critical piece that people forget, right? If it's easier for them to consume, they're more likely to consume it and they're going to get the value from it, which is ultimately the goal of all this. Absolutely. And I think that point about ebooks is, is so important. So many people have that as a to-do item on their marketing plan and then they never actually get to it, which is probably good because to your point, it's not necessarily the most effective thing anyway. Let's give something that's respectful of our audience's time as well. And it's like Oscar Wilde said, I'm sorry this letter is so long. I didn't have time to make it shorter, right? Make it make it short and sweet so that it's something that is respectful of your audience's time. And sometimes it's as simple as take a couple blog posts that people like and edit them down a little bit or turn them into a list form or something like that. If you're stuck and you just don't have time to produce content, but you've got some stuff on your blog that you know people have responded to, that's great. And then if there's anything you can do where you have a strong uh, opinion about something, that's often super useful too. Like if you say, and I'm just making this up, you know, marketing for consultants that's only on Twitter or something like that, or why Twitter doesn't work for marketing consultants, or, you know, you have some strong opinion, you can use that as a lead magnet because for the folks who are in your target audience, they're going to be attracted to that strong opinion and they may or may not be qualified, right? They might fall on either side of the fence, but that way you, the people who come through that gate, you know, they're really aligned with your philosophy. So let's do this. Let me ask you this question. Let's say I've got a consulting firm and I don't have a ton of content on my website, don't have a very active blog. I don't have a lot that I can really repurpose. I want to get a lead magnet out as soon as possible. So I can, you know, get all the benefits that you're talking about. Uh, what What's the one type of lead magnet that you think would, would be easiest for me to produce and what would work the best? I've got an answer to this too, but I want to hear yours first. Well, I think the thing that's easiest to produce is often that that's a, a very personal question, right? Some people cannot write a paragraph to save their lives, but they can sit in front of a webcam and talk very persuasively. And so in those cases, I say, hey, just record a video. If you want to, you can always pay someone to transcribe it later, but you can literally have a video lead magnet. That's fine too. Other folks would never get in front of a camera, but they can write really eloquently, have somebody, you know, you can just sit down and, and write whatever it is you want to talk about. I think the more important thing that you're getting at is what is the topic? And I think that's going to go to what do you help your customers do, right? When they come to you, what are they struggling with and why can't they fix it? So if it's, you know, I want to do marketing for my consulting firm, but I spend all of my time on billing or management or something else, here's how to do consulting marketing without on less than two hours a month or whatever it is, right? There's like the problem and then the, the sub problem that prevents you from solving the real problem, go attack those. 
So if you had to pick one from your list of 22, and I'm cheating here, folks, folks who are listening can't see it, but they can, they can grab the list in the show notes. If you had to pick your, your one favorite lead magnet from the list of 22, which one's your favorite? You know, I, that, that's like telling me, which asking me, which is my favorite child? Um, I hope you don't have 22 kids though. (laughs) No, that, that's, that's a good point. Um, but it it really is about what's in the, what, what are you going to talk about? And, And a lot of times people, the thing that I find interesting is if I don't ask someone about lead magnets and I just talk to them about their business, they are so smart and so on point. And I'm just like, getting excited hearing about it even though they don't necessarily serve me as a as a customer and i'm like these people are great and then i say okay great put that in a lead magnet and all of a sudden they get brain freeze right it's like you can talk about something that you care about very easily but somehow when we go to put it on paper or put it on the screen it seems a lot harder and my notion is literally if you're stuck Go have a drink with a buddy or a colleague or whatever and have that conversation and have them just take a few notes and then boom, here's your lead magnet. I heard these five things. Here's the thing people struggle with. Here's why they really can't fix it themselves. Here are three things they should be doing to try to fix it that they could go do themselves. And if they can't, here's why they should call me or whatever, right? But you'll get that in 10 minutes and two beers. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and I, my, to be honest, my favorite format from your list, and not to say that it's the most effective format necessarily, although I think it is very effective, but it's the easiest, if you compare kind of effort to effectiveness, I think you get the highest return with this one, is the email course. Everybody writes okay. emails, right? Like, if, if you're a consultant that doesn't write emails, I, I want to talk to you because I don't know how you're running your business. Everybody writes emails. You're probably pretty good at writing emails. It's not that complicated. It's not scary like getting on camera is for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. you can break down, you know, the five-day email course is a pretty popular thing now for a good reason, right? You can break down any topic into five parts, right? Five steps to solving X problem, five things you should know before you do Y, right? A lot of the kind of topical ideas that you have on your list here could be fulfilled through an email course. And the good thing about an email course is, you can't, you know, download the PDF and then unsubscribe. You've got to stay on the list to get mm-hmm. all the content and then drip by drip. And it's a little bit every day, right? It's not it's not too much. It's not a massive PDF to read all in one shot. It's drip by drip over time. I'm more likely to consume it. I'm more likely to stay on your list. And it's easy for you to produce. So I'm, I'm going to have, I'm, I like what you're saying, but I'm going to have two caveats to that. One is... If you're just starting out, a lot of people would rather produce one piece of content than say five pieces of content. And I know from experience with my customers, right, the notion of, okay, if we've got leads, what sequence should I use? Gosh, now I need to have eight emails. Oh my goodness, this is getting complicated. So I'd say, if you're really stuck, don't necessarily have to start with an email course. Put put that knowledge into uh, a single piece of content and then as you're saying, if you have a PDF that someone can grab and then just leave and never come back, that's not necessarily helpful because we're really, we do want to get these visitors to become leads, but we also need to get that lead to get into a conversation with us, right? We want to be able to, to qualify them and see what they're up to. And so obviously I have a little bit of a bias here, but my notion is we want to have this content be online. We want to have it be gated by their email address or some other token. Uh, but we don't necessarily want it to just be a PDF that they can grab and, and, and leave. 
Right. So you're saying have it have it kind of hosted somewhere on your website? Is that is that what you're saying? Well, you could have it hosted on your website, right? Obviously, I've got technology that does this for you. As to your point, if you've got an email that goes out over time, you have to keep waiting for the next email to come. But something that that allows you to to know if people are engaged so that you can segment and focus on the folks who are going to be the best fit. Got it. Right. So, for example, in my case, I my so my lead magnet is actually this might be fun. Let's let's critique my lead magnet a little bit. Um, you tell me what I'm doing wrong. So my lead magnet is a five day course on lead generation for professional services firms. So I've got a Great. framework that I developed called the five P's of lead generation. I cover each of the five P's in in one day. And it's video based. So actually, I've got video and I've got audio and I've got transcripts. And that's all posted on a page on my website. So when you opt into the course, you get five emails every day for five days, one a day. And there's a little blurb to introduce the topic in each email. And then there's a link to go to my website where you get the video or audio or transcript if you prefer to consume in other ways. I think it's great. I went through it. Oh, good. <laughs> so you like it. I'm on the right track. Absolutely. And and I guess the key thing is, is it working for you? And I think you are way ahead of where a lot of consultants are in terms of your marketing savvy, right? Which is a good thing because you're helping people market better. Um, but for a lot of folks who are still in the baking pie mode, but I know I need to do the other stuff to market my bakery, um, you know, what you're doing is great. Some of those other ideas off my list would be useful. As long as you're doing something that gets you some extra business, you're, you're ahead of where your baseline is. And you can always improve it over time. I think it's a little easy to get intimidated by, you know, if you think about somebody who's doing a, just a totally bang up job marketing and they've got a calendar and they've got all these different things across different channels and it's all cross promoted and so on. And you're like, gosh, you know, I, I barely have half an hour to breathe. How am I gonna do all this stuff? I say, start really simply. If you're getting zero web leads, right, getting one lead a month is going to be super useful. Even if you close, uh, you know, you close a quarter of them, you get three extra deals in a year. Suppose you're getting ten leads a month now. Well, what would you, what could you do to get fifteen, to get twenty, and so on? You don't necessarily have to go zero to sixty all in one, all in one go. Yeah, and, and I suppose, I mean, what I'm doing is not terribly complicated. What's complicated is the multimedia, the video, and the audio. But you could do exactly what I'm doing as an email course, but post the long form article, the full the full content uh, on a page on your website, very similar to what you've done with your 22 consulting lead magnets. So each email could be Absolutely. a little bit of a teaser, you know, and the, the goal of the email is to get the click basically, right? And they click over to your website and it's basically a long form article. And that's, I think that's very doable for most people. But l listen, Ruben, let's jump into um, kind of the last segment of today's conversation. Well, I've got a lead magnet in place now, but people are downloading it. They seem to be interacting with it. How do I take all of that uh, activity and turn that into an actual client? Sure. And that's really the thing, right? The, this whole thing is a process from visitor to lead to conversation to proposal to client. And one of the things we want to do is we want to have a good way. We talked about the lead magnet as a good way to turn a visitor to a uh to a lead. And I think one of the things that I should mention there is people have this habit of they want to ask for a ton of information on that form. And 
one thing that I believe in is we don't want to show a big nasty form. It just turns off visitors. I want to show people a button and let them click on the button and then ask for the minimal amount of information. I usually ask for email and then an optional phone number. It's like if they want to put in a phone, that's that's up to them and then it makes it easy to call them. If they don't, I don't necessarily want them to, to get kicked out of my funnel because they didn't they weren't ready to give a phone number at that time. You can always find out phone numbers later for good leads. And if you've got someone's email address, you can find out an awful lot about them, at least for most people who are on LinkedIn or otherwise active online. Um, so don't don't try to get everything up front, right? Think about it, you're building a relationship over time as you go deeper into the funnel. Then the thing that you wanna do is have some notion of, if I can tell who they are, who are my good leads that I really wanna follow up with? Have a follow-up email sequence. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a complete course. It could just be a little bit of uh, some thoughts based around the lead magnet. Could simply be your newsletter that you're already sending out. Just stick people on the newsletter when they grab your lead magnet. Just something so that, they're, that you're interacting with them on a regular basis. And then something that I like about my lead magnet technology is I know when people are interacting with it. So I know that right before this interview, you pulled up that lead magnet list in a very meta uh, exploration of, of what we're talking about here. And that's really useful for busy people because if you get a lead, if you can follow up with them in the first five minutes, you are exponentially more likely to make contact than if you wait even 24 hours. And if you are a small consulting shop, there is just no way that you can guarantee that instant response. You have to be able to get more at-bats and getting email open notifications is useful. But if you can get something that's reliable and shows you when people are interacting with your content, it just gives you so many more at-bats than that initial uh, lead. And then being able to look at, okay, here's the list of folks who have grabbed a lead magnet, for example, in the past week. What have they done with it? Who hasn't even read it yet? Who are the ones that I really want to make sure I hit uh, as a as a follow-up? Phone call, email, et cetera. Um, and if you have some interactivity with your with your lead magnet, you know, ROI calculator or some other thing that's going to be helpful for the visitor, but also for you in terms of qualification, that can help you prioritize who these leads are. I think one of the the things that people seem to be really worried about is they're going to get so many leads that aren't good that it's just going to destroy their business. And you see people with like the capture forms on their on their their contact forms, right? Like prove that you're a human before you can talk to us. Um, and I'm kind of like, you know, having more leads, having some false positives is much better than than excluding people from the funnel. It doesn't take long to delete a lead or mark them as as a, a lost lead or whatever. But that's I'd rather do that a hundred times and let one really great lead come through than be so worried about, you know, oh, gosh, I'm gonna spend three seconds deleting this email that isn't very good. So have a strategy to follow up and get that conversation. And then if you have the conversation, you already know something about what they're interested in from the lead magnet that they got. And especially if you have more than one lead magnet, that, that makes it even easier to segment them. But let's just suppose you have one, you know they're interested in, at some level in what you're doing. They may not be a fit as a prospect yet, but you can have that conversation and find out. So listen, if, if folks are, are listening to this and they're thinking, hey, that sounds great. I really wish I had a friendly sales robot to help me with all of this. What would you say to them? <laughs> I have a, a, a solution for that. I do have a friendly sales robot, uh, which I was trying to avoid talking about directly, even though it is kind of what I do. So it's hard to to avoid pitching a little bit. Uh, but 
all the technology that I've built at Memorand is about converting visitors to leads and leads to conversations and conversations through to e-sign proposals. And it's really built because as a consultant, this was all the stuff I was so crappy about. We were we couldn't sell except by word of mouth. And then when we did, it was all very clumsy and, and ridiculous because we were great at baking pies and not very good at the sales and marketing for the bakery. And I thought, gosh, you know, so much of this stuff is just easy to automate. A computer should be doing a lot of this work so that we can focus on the stuff that we're good at, right? We were good at having conversations with people, even a quote unquote sales conversation because people could tell we knew our stuff. We obviously cared a lot. Uh, those conversations would go really well. We just didn't have enough of them. And then uh, it was hard to convert that conversation into a successful proposal efficiently. Well, guess what? If you have a friendly sales robot that can bring you some of those leads, set you up for the conversation and then make it easy to turn the conversation into a closed deal, that can only be helpful. Absolutely. And the tool from what I've seen looks very, very powerful and incredibly useful. Uh, Ruben, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Tell folks where they can go to, to look you up and learn more about you and Mimarin. Uh, thanks so much for having me. If you go to Mimarin, that's M-I-M-I-R-A-N.com, you can find a whole bunch of sample proposals and sample lead magnets on there. And you can also find me over at salesfornerds.io, which is my podcast for techie people who end up having to do sales and marketing. Awesome. We're going to have links to all of that in the show notes. Ruben, thanks again. Thanks. Have a great one. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.